0: Hello everyone and welcome to Saint FM. Today I'm talking to the Minister for Health Martin Henry and we'd like to say a very good morning Martin. Welcome to Saint FM and thank you for accommodating us.
1: Oh, well, good morning Tammy and good morning to um, all our listeners out there and um, you know a- as we just had a little preliminary discussion that time I hope that um, we can we can first of all have um, a good discussion around health, and, and second, secondly, um, get out there some of the things that we are trying to achieve um, in my very short term that I'm currently on at the moment.
0: Okay, because that one of the questions, obviously, around your first 100 days in office. Are you there yet, though, Martin? 100 days? Is it?
1: I think it's coming up. I think coming. it will be coming up very, very shortly, so we may as well have the discussion.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, so I think well, let's cut to the chase. I think I think we should start uh, right off by talking about uh, gen- about a general public concern, really, as to whether you know health are struggling to uh, deliver essential services and how this could be impacting patient care. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, well, Tammy, first of all, I'd like to just um, say my apologies for my portfolio director. She really wanted to be here this. M- this morning. Um, but she has a prior engagement, but she's, but she's quite important as well. Um, and as we, we discussed earlier, we will definitely be back in a few weeks, both me and her to, to update on some of the things I talk, talk about today. Um, okay. so yes, I, the, the public concerns, um, they are real and, and they are real to me as well. Um, and, and one of the Achilles heels at the moment and, and it's no secret is, is our staffing levels. You know, our staff, when we don't have, um, frontline staff doctors and nurses at the required level then um, this of course then impacts the service and um, but we also are um, short on administrators in some cases you know um, right. th- th- there's this high-level um, administrators that we need to oversee some of these departments to make sure that they are streamlined and running e- efficiently um, and it, it it is the case that we have now established a high-level task force to deal with this recruitment um, directly. So, you know, the, the, it, it is a whole um, process we, we, we're looking at. So we're not just looking at um, just filling the gaps, we're looking at um, the, the, the local um, terms and conditions for our, for our, our nurses. Um, and, you know, obviously we'll, we'll have a chat about that as well. But we also have to remember that we are a small island location right and we are literally in the middle of nowhere, and it and it is always health has always been a challenge here i sure. i you know in speaking to because uh, i've had many conversations with 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 nurses and doctors and and members of the social care team um and you know they they kind of say to me you know you, you probably come at the last time but i think um that th- there has been a bit of a downward spiral um largely because of the numbers but we also must understand that we've added a whole big chunk onto health with minimum resources and that's COVID yeah. you know um, just to go out and deliver the vaccines this week means that my whole upstairs building of administrators is non-existent mm-hmm. you know there are days when there's just two or three of us in that office and and health is a huge um, portfolio on the island because all of these people are, are now helping with with administrating the vaccine um, but there's also um, ongoing, you know, renewal of processes and reviewing each flight, and in, 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 and so there's so much extra that has been put on, on health, um, which, in my opinion, was already starting to, to tip off a bit um, be, because of an, an, a number of issues.
0: Would you say, I'm, I'm listening to you, would you say hmm. that you have actually inherited the uh, portfolio, if you like, with the greatest challenges, because you've mentioned a real range of complexities and issues and of course we're talking about health but also included there is social care as well is it not so it, you you seem to me to have um, well the portfolio with the greatest challenges do you do you agree in part with that and, and is that something that you wanted though martin because you have you've had a very keen interest in health from the beginning anyway
1: so well definitely tammy I, I you know i th- this this will by by far um career to date you know, besides being a stay-at-home dad, mind you, and shout out to all the moms who do that, um, <laughs> this by far will be my greatest challenge. Um, I and a- as as you all know, I campaigned to um, be head of health. Everyone, you know, who was campaigning looked at me and went, um,
0: "Are you joking?" Oh, are you joking? <laughs> uh, who
1: would want to do that? But yeah. I am really, really passionate about the health of our people, and I and that includes the care of our elderly. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I don't want to you know, come here and, and you know, j- just pretend that this is a role that I was put into. I am actually far, um, in terms of professional background, I am far more capable of actually doing some of the other portfolios because mm-hmm. because With of… Your background
0: yes. experiences, yeah.
1: So this one is is out of passion. However, my background experience in, in um, a lot of other fields helps me, to contribute to the Exco side of the team, sure. so when we're be making decisions on businesses and, and everything else, but this one is a real passion mm-hmm. because I have seen a monster on the horizon. <laughs> if I put it that way, I'm actually doing a piece called "Monster on the Horizon," yeah. um, and it is so important that we acknowledge first of all where we are, mm-hmm. um, and you know there's going to be some really really hard conversations ab- about that, and and it's going to be a hard conversation for me as well um, with, with people, but we have to acknowledge mm-hmm. where we are. And then we have to, together, start to make steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And we have to provide the facilities to encourage and help people to make mm-hmm. those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we just, if Tammy, if we just go back to um, the recruitment side and the challenges, you know, even now it's different to how it was pre-COVID. You know, now, um, in terms of, say, getting doctors here, um, you know, the, the flights are infrequent. The quarantine length seems to be a problem. We, we do, um, you know, health does interviews and accident interviews, et cetera, with, with, with these people. And I talk to them myself, um, you know, and people are afraid of actually getting stuck here. They they are, um, you know. And one of the more important things, and, and people, and I, I just go a little bit off topic here because people always say to me, you know, oh, but, but you know, before days we had three doctors and 5,000 people and et cetera, and there's loads of, you ir- Issues around why that may not be true for today, um, but one of the main things, especially for in, in modern medicine, is that um, clin- clinicians and, and doctors and, um, and and professionals they want to be in teaching hospitals. You know, they want to be developing their professional career. You know, they want to be lead professors in, in you know working with lead professors in some areas. Um, there's also um, the surgery issue. You know, anywhere else in the world, you would have a collection or a or, or group of surgeons, you know. Here, you're isolated. And although you can get medical support via, you know, nowadays, the internet, etc., um, making decisions on your own without someone standing, you know, beside you, which is something that you, you have been useful, used to for your career, um, whole entire career up to this point, um, is, is quite daunting. Mm. You know, and then let's not forget that healthcare professionals are in such high demand. demand you of know course. that they are in more demand, I think, now than any other profession around the world. So we are competing on a global market with major players, yeah. and we are a tiny little island in the middle of nowhere. We have to consider this for sure.
0: Martin, going back, going back to recruitment of doctors, and we'll talk about nurses and carers after. Mm. But. When doctors are recruited to Saint Helena, do they fully understand the conditions under which they are employed? So, if they're coming to the island, you mentioned things like, you know, work in uh, training hospitals or or mentors or people who can back them. Um, do doctors fully appreciate what they're getting themselves into? Because sometimes doctors come to the island and they may not be fully aware of the resources that we have available, and that and then those that are not available to them, having been perhaps maybe used to a certain type of resource. So when it comes to recruitment, are we looking at ensuring that doctors are coming in, know what they're getting themselves into, so that we don't have this sort of fallout where, you know, two months and doctors are saying, I'm, I'm not coping with this, and then leaving the island and then leaving the healthcare system, you know, in a bit of a crisis. So what sort of arrangements or what sort of things can we have in place to ensure that doctors... Understand what those conditions are going to be like when they arrive on island.
1: Tell me, I do. I do think we try our best. So we put out there the location. They are given um, induction packs. They, they, they. Um, there's loads of conversation that happened before they get here. Sure. I, I do think in some respect, though, just like when when tourists come here and and they don't know what to expect, although they've done all right. the research, because you have to really research Santorini you know, before you go. Mm-hmm. Let's make a decision to go there. Um, the, the cost is first of all one of those things from a tourist point of view. So you have to look at it. Anyway. You don't just do it on a whim, um, and I don't think doctors do either. But I think, um, like anyways, lining up what you get on a piece of paper and what you find on you know the Google search to what you actually what you actually have on the ground there's always some dispara- disparity between that, mm-hmm. um, and and in some cases, it, it is too much you know and and as you said when the, when this does happen, and it does happen uh more frequently than i would would like it to, it really causes issues um with with mm-hmm. the health service but um on the back of you know there's some good stuff that has happened uh, you know as well you know we have in in the most case split primary and secondary care, so now we we try our very best not to have surgeons doing g p now some people will say, you know why not well, these are totally different roles and of um some of the questions that the people ask people ask me now. I was asking when I was on the outside, so it's good for me to get in there, ask these questions, and, and get answers yeah. because that's important as well. Um, you know, we have now raised that so that we have GM standard doctors, which means they all have to have a particular. Um, they're all um, at a particular level. Yes. The downside to having this means that the recruitment base that we can recruit from now is You're very, smaller. very small. Yes. It is much, yes. much smaller. We're, sure. we're, we're just looking at now pretty much Europe, the, the UK, the US, um, Australia, New Zealand. But well, we've, we've we've sort of taken out most of the world um, in, in that sense. So if we want the quality, um, it's going to come at a cost. Sure. Um, so it, it's a fine line balance.
0: Yeah. I, I want to throw in here as well you mentioned about the fact that you know St Helena is competing with the rest of the world when it comes to recruiting doctors. Now, I'm one of those people that say, well, I think the doctors who come to the island get a pretty good deal. I think their salaries are brilliant. And then on the other hand, we also understand that countries around the world are offering greater salaries. So so if, you, if we can just clarify that a little bit, Martin, because the understanding is that doctors are coming to Saint-Denis have got great terms and conditions, they've got a great salary, but sometimes a lot of these doctors are actually used to earning far more. Do, do, do you sort of have, have a comment on that? Because I know I say it all the time, but then when I speak to doctors, they will say, do you know I've taken a, a pay cut by coming here? So can you just sort of elaborate a little more on that?
1: I can most definitely... Because we
0: think we're paying people well, but actually, if we look at what doctors are being paid globally, maybe not so well. I don't know. What do you think?
1: You're absolutely right, Tammy. Um, Doctors, um, what we are paying doctors here um, is, in in, in a lot of cases, far less than they could get in in most countries. Um, And, and, you know, if I just give you a comparison um, to the Falklands, they they are about 50% more... Um, paid, better, better paid than on, on St. Helena. But we can't compete with these. E- every time um, we put you know fifty thousand hundred thousand added to all of these other areas we have to understand as a population I need and, and the boys in the castle need to balance that book which means that that needs to come down from something else so um, I'm going to be straight up and honest here and, and whether people like it or not this is, this is, this is what it is but if, if we're going to pay the, and compete on the global market for doctors because we recognize that um, our health is more important to us than anything else, then you're going to have to accept a few more bumps in the road. Yeah. That is the way it is at the moment. And yeah. and we are dealing with a British government that is struggling. Um, yeah. You know, we have FAM coming at, at the end of this month, but we will battle hard to try right. to try and get as much money as yeah. we can. But we have to look at it in terms of the environment that we are trying this in. Um,
0: I, I understand. And so what we're saying is that if we really want... Um, the type of uh, health care system which includes, you know, very good doctors, then something else has to give. So we might have to, I love that that <laughs> thought, put up with a couple of cracks and bumps in the road because St. Helena is so reliant on aid anyway and the money that we then get, we're going to have to share that and, and, and put that where the greater priorities are.
1: Yeah, of course, Naomi. And then this, and I mean... This is probably a conversation for for another radio interview, but then it's all about th- don't forget because we are protecting our people, you know. Then we've stopped tourism and we've we stopped all of these other incomes. So right. we so we're now getting yeah. less money, right. um, and and this is something that we can shout out about on both sides. But people need have to balance the books. Yeah. It, 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 it 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 is the case, um, and I just want to just add to to. Why doctors come here, and sometimes if you speak to them, they, they come here because some of them is humanitarian. I've spoken, yes. to, I I, I sure. spoken to a doctor who frequently um, comes here, and this is most definitely not for the money. They they they, 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 they want to come back to St Um and others come because it's it's like everybody else. Um, it's also um, an adventure, so, so they. They try their best to find out what they're coming to, but it's always that itch like when you go anywhere, that you don't quite know until you get there. Um, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it, it doesn't. But you know, doctors are human beings, just like the rest of us, and and they 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 have all of these same all of these same desires, etc. As we all do. It's just that we rely on their profession, um, you know, to to keep us fit and healthy. There's, there's no turning back from health, you know you. In my opinion, having good health is is the highest of priorities. There may be all sorts of reasons why we can't get to that level, but we must start working on it. Um, And that's where I want to start from, where we are and how do we get there, what help is necessary to get there.
0: We've talked about doctors, Martin. Can we jump on now Mm -hmm. to talk about, of course, nurses and carers and the areas around staff retention, how do, we, how do we maintain local people in these positions? Uh, are there discussions around uh, salaries, terms and conditions, working hours? Um, what can we do to make working in nursing and caring on St Helena a lot more attractive than it currently is? Because, and again, I know, you know hats off to those who are in the system, who are doing a great job, we're very committed. But what, you know, what else do you think, as an island, we could be doing to keep people
1: so, uh, again, Tammy, a very loaded question because there's a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of areas to address, address here. You know, f- first of all, um, nurses and, and social care warehouse, mm-hmm. they are our front line, and they are the backbone to our service. And Absolutely. And they are, at the moment, the people that we are short of. Um, just as we are short of, in some cases, doctors, h- having that aftercare um, is, is extremely important. We we really need um, these people, so I, I can tell you now because I've I've um, had a conversation with the portfolio director, who, you know, Michelle herself is currently working with her colleagues in HR right now um, right. to to address the terms and conditions of, of nurses. So um, health is up for a review, and we're having that re- review as we speak. Okay. But but in my opinion, right, um, I have a duty of care to to people that use the health mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. and there's a stopgap right now. I have to fill that stopgap because the, because the service um, needs it. So we are also, um, along with this, putting out for recruitment to, to bring in um, overseas nurses to support us. Now, it is my opinion that that we streamline and we look at what we can do um, in the long term after this. We need to fill the gap first. Right. So I need to bring our numbers up. First of all, to support our current teams. Um, and secondly, that we ensure that we provide the service that, that um, I would like to have um, but the long term stuff is ensuring that we have better pace for our nurses on the island um, ensuring that we can um, help upskill mm-hmm. our, our staff Re- remember so again people have talked to me about nursing schools etc very 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 um, good and we need to get back to some of that mm-hmm. but the, the real issue is is that we have to, first of all, fight the fire, okay. stabilise the ship, and then move into strategy. We're trying to do both together, but um, I see these as two separate teams, and I don't like to cross them over. I, I, I want to make sure yes. we get what we need first, sure. then streamline it out so that we can provide a service going forward.
0: Because okay. actually, that was going to, and you've answered me already, because I was going to ask the question, which which is what I know what people would say. Um if we look at overseas recruitment, um surely you know looking at terms and conditions for local uh, staff, nurses and carers uh, would be better. so we in- sensitize them and uh, incentivize them, and also we then keep our own people on island, earning money, paying taxes, and that kind of thing. But you have answered that the key issue right now is the fact that the system is so overwhelmed that you, you don't have sufficient staff to, to provide those essential services. So you're running in, putting out the fire first, and then looking at um, what we can do to, to benefit our own lo- local workers. So um, you've, Because I know that's what people would say. Why are we bringing in overseas nurses when we would just take that money and give it to our own local people?
1: You're absolutely right, Timmy, And my first priority will always be to to upskill our, sure. our local nurses. This, uh, um, and, and again, slightly off, off topic, here. this I've read a few SMO reports. I've, I've done a lot of homework, so I've, I've read previous um, senior management reports over you know a few decades, looking back at some of the things. Um, and one of the things which has come up over and over and over again is why are we trying to run a mini? NHS trust system. You know, okay. it's an, it, it is a horrendous idea to try run a system, um, a whole entire system for five thousand people. It, it can never be achieved. So, this is something that, um, and I've spoken to the, the even the chief secretary. And I've said to her, you know, why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and apparently in the past, they have tried to change the system. So if I give you an example, the Falklands and Ascension has a twin-in service, right. not working as well as they would want now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But the principles behind the service is absolutely brilliant, which means that we twin ourselves with an NHS trust who okay. has, um, who can provide us with our secondary care, so all of our specialists, um, who can provide us with NAS training, and who can put us on rotation. So what's happening um, – and? And doctors would then be far more, especially on the surgical side, it, it would make it far more feasible. They could come here for three months. Yeah. They could go back to, to whatever NHS trust we twin with um, for the remaining nine months. And we have them on a rotation. So the three months they do here, they go back and they upskill themselves. Mm-hmm. We, we can do the same thing with the nurses. So, so to set up a nursing school here is a hugely expensive thing to do. But if we had a twin-in system, we, we, we'd have one or two nurses come out from... Um, from that NHS trust and we send one or two over to upskill because the issue with nursing is that especially on St. Anina you can do all of the academics you want but you don't face that problem until it occurs in a hospital. If you're in the UK these problems occur all the time. So you can build that experience before you have to deal with it for the first time. So there's a huge, and I'm going to push for this again. It, this probably isn't the right time in the middle of a pandemic, but it has to be a strategic way forward. We, we need to establish a, a good system with, with a good NHS trust in the UK. So we can, we can just rotate this. Mm. Um, and I've seen it over and over again. Many professionals have written this in the past, and it has been tried, it has been asked apparently and and it has been rejected but hey it's nothing like knocking behind that door again
0: well wow, i mean it sounds like a really good idea and i think will help as you mentioned fill some of those or plug some of those holes right now that the island is is, is experiencing um Martin, I think we, you and I can sit here all day, I know but we can, we're going to we're going <laughs> to yeah, continue yeah. on if it's okay with you. Um, uh, with with you know um, some of the questions that's coming up, um, th- I think the one that pops up all the time, of course, doctors' appointments, some of the difficulties and uh, challenges there. Uh, are we likely to see some further impacts or effects uh, on the uh, system? Um,
1: so. Doctor's appointments at the moment is a difficult one. And I can tell you where where the difficulty is lying at the moment. It just happened. So um, we desperately want to set up a rolling um, system. Where we have like a three-month um, rota for doctors. And, and and in this way, um, what this can do is that if you see the doctor today, um, re- remember now, there's a system with, with medicine. We are you know, the first step is to try relieve whatever your illness is acutely. So it it, it just may be medication that's issued the first time and and your illness goes away. If that reoccurs, then you come back. And then it's, you know, then it's more of a secondary. You may have to see a specialist, you may have to, um, uh, or that particular GP will do a a more in-depth look. But what's the, the issue at the moment is because we can't forward-plan those rotors. We can't forward-plan appointments. And what is causing this, um, I mean, it, it, it's happened over and over in the past, but what is making this worse at the moment is actually the stopgap between quarantine. Right. So, for instance, we've been running on two GPs until we've just got, so we're back to four now. Four is what we want. Five is actually what we want. But four is, is, is um, the, the minimum number to to run a successful um yes. uh, program but a 10-day stopgap um just happened between here and now and then obviously when the gps that is have gone on holiday as they're due to their holiday like everybody else when they come back there will be a 10-day stopgap again when you start to add the stuff up it starts to become 30 days and 40 days when we don't have a doctor to deal, right, deal with gotcha. appointments mm-hmm. um and there's a second thing which is for the wider EXCO members, and, and it, it's a
0: yes, because I think one of the questions around quarantine and whether we can lower that now. Um, there's even some, and I, I know again we, we, we're jumping slightly mm-hmm. onto something else, but I know that quarantine in itself, while it's protecting the island, and we want to make sure that that happens, there's also other knock on effects to whether it's a service on St. or whether it's not people can do their job as a result of that quarantine and it's actually uh, something that I think a lot of people look at as prohibitive even towards them Coming to the island, they don't want to do that quarantine, do
1: they? Most definitely, Tammy, and that's like I like I said at the beginning. You know, so it, it does protect the island. I'm I'm hundred percent with yeah. it because it is protecting the island. But we have to understand that all these secondary issues do occur from it. So we can't then just say we want to be one hundred percent protected, but we also want all of the bells and whistles. This is the reality of, right. of what is happening at the moment. And uh, again, if I go back to these appointments because they are huge on my agenda and they are huge <laughs> on uh, right up the top Yes, <laughs> um, you know. And the the real issue is is that when we have that stopgap, um, then appointments go to line. And then you know some people say to me, well, why they didn't rebook me? Well, they can't because they've not got a doctor in place to rebook you too. Clear? Right. So there is work to be done with our communications, and that's something that that is that we've acknowledged. Yeah. Um, so there is work to be done on our side as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's no question about it. But there's also that understanding that sometimes these people are stuck with not being able to book you again. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I was want to mention, which I've saying about Axco, this also, um, and it's become more and more frequent because we have an aging population. There's also a yearly renewal of um, driver's license for people that go over uh-huh. 70, yeah. but you need an appointment with a doctor by law before they can get their driver's license. Right. Now. All of that, I mean, and I understand, you know, if you're 70 and, and that's part of your life and, and, and all of a sudden you can't have your driver's license for a month or two because I can't give you an appointment, yeah. you know, I, I would be outraged about yeah. that as well. On the flip side, these appointments are now blocking up appointments for primary care. Right. And as a health service, we will always do primary care fast. We will always. And, and I have to get that out there, that, that when I'm left or we're left with two GPs through no one's fault, we have to tend to suck people fast. You
0: have to prioritize, yeah.
1: But from a wider perspective, we need to update our road traffic ordinance because um, the UK, for instance, these people um, at 70 plus the first of all, they um, get reviewed every two and three years. Mm-hmm. So by doing it yearly, we're actually from something totally outside of health. We're blocking up our appointment system, and there's there's so many little things around that that, that we need to sort out as a wider government um, and and start moving on mm-hmm. some of these these papers that are sudden in the wind yeah
0: okay all right and then we're we talking about uh, appointments if we can quickly talk about the triage system which i i know most people understand um so for example we know that if you're really sick and you go to the hospital you will be seen we've got sort of what may be considered minor cases which would be treated accordingly either you would be seen by a nurse or you would be given perhaps an appointment to come back again um But, Martin, we have to also talk about the faith in the, or faith, rather, in the triage system, because there's been lots of incidents where people have come into hospital, have been really genuinely unwell, and have felt then that they were not given, or believe not to be given, you know, adequate sort of uh, intervention or or medical care and attention. You know, what are you getting? Is that something you're also getting back from the public about the triage system?
1: So, Tammy, I I don't get a. Back directly from the public from the mm. triage, but but I I do get you know when when people are um, they've tried to get into the hospital they've been yeah. just like you said pushed yeah. back and um you, and and they feel that they're really ill um, and then that escalates its way up to 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 me in some cases um, and you know we will have a, probably a little little talk about that later because these things which. Um, get escalated to me, which isn't necessary. It blocks all my time up with with, with trying to do the Mm -hmm. strategic stuff. But there's things I do want to hear, and there's things like that that I do want to hear, because I have to have an independent view. I am the independent, remember, and I am there by the people to improve our health service. So I have to work with the people on Mm -hmm. the inside because it won't move. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have to take direct information from the public because they help the rebalance you know, to make sure that the information I know um, comes from good sources all around. So you know, the the trial system, like in any other country, is, you know, it it it, it can be, um, and and they can make an error in, yeah. in judgment. It it is a judgment system. Let, let's not you know go around it. So yeah. so you know, I got every faith that when the judge tries someone, they they follow. Um, the procedures in, in in front of them. But there are times when th- th- there has to be said that there is an error in clinical judgment. And if you're in medicine, errors in clinical judgment is something that occurs. Yes. And, and, you know, we're, we're not fucks in a car exactly. here.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I worked as a nurse for 10 years, as a trained nurse in the hospital, and these things do happen. And the fact that, you know, patients don't receive the care that they expected... Happen on a daily basis, and it, it is what it is, you know. So I think uh, it, it's good that you raise that
1: point. No, and, and I also would want to say though, if you are that ill, then please do try get yes, back into the system. Absolutely. Do do not, and and I know you may have difficulty with trying to get back in the system a second but if you are ill keep trying yeah um you know i don't even want to start comparing the waiting list here to the waiting list in the yeah. uk or even looking at when we send our medical refer how quick we are getting them to see a doctor face-to-face appointment with the doctor yeah. when the uk is holding up a nine about well, 79 million yeah. I know. people waiting list so mm-hmm. there's there's a bit of um yeah. you know sometimes we have to cross compare these things mm-hmm. some people say no we're just on a little island and surely you can see us yeah. right and um others are yeah, more understanding but, sure. but but we have to mm. not put our blinkers on when we watch their T V yeah, sometimes absolutely. and see the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it, it is really happening and people are really struggling.
0: Sure. And and, and yeah. I know when something does go wrong and 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 again being a frontline worker myself in the past people are very emotional and you're actually dealing with that sort of level of emotions where they you know they feel that i have you know my needs haven't been met they're really sick and it's it's then you know martin meeting the needs of that people so it's it's and I understand, you know, how people would feel if, if, if someone's shown up at the hospital and they're really sick. They, they haven't been seen. They are or they're left waiting outside or on chairs and people are walking past them and not, you know, sort of paying them any attention. They can feel very excluded. So that just sort of heightens and increases, you know, um, people's feeling of that, you know, I, I guess the system sort of abandoning them. So I think. I know you have it. I know I have. I know pe- listeners, family and friends will will be able to sympathize or empathize with that situation because it has happened and obviously it happens. It's we don't live in a perfect world. We don't even have perfect systems in place. But I think in as much as possible, we we should have that sort of something in place whereby there is a sort of liaison um at the hospital when doctors or nurses maybe not available to see a person right away. But just that someone says I know you're here, I have your name. You might have to wait a bit, but we assure you that you will be seen. So it's that kind of waiting period before somebody, either waiting for an hour or 10 minutes, has that sort of acknowledgement that I'm here and I'm waiting. And what can you do to assure me that my needs will be met, or something of that nature? Is that something you know you guys are already considering?
1: Well, Tammy, as, as I said earlier, and, and, and I make no secret of it, we have to improve our communications. Sure. We have to improve our communications as a government, but we also have to improve our communications sure. as, as a health service. We can't, um, and the the one thing which I, I found... Um, Different in this role, and I think I wasn't expecting, is the level of emotion. You know, emotions can cloud judgment, emotions can make something um, which is quite minor, really, really larger. And and I'm not discredited than anybody here, because I am here to help. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. I I want to improve our health system, I also want to improve our health, um, which is another big story we must have. But, um, you know, and I'm not going to defend the fact that we do make errors sometimes, and people do go away sure. with, with, without um, yeah. obtaining the service that, yeah. that there was need. But um, and I and I'm not going to sugarcoat it by saying this happens all the time. Well, mm-hmm. But it does. Yeah. You know, we will always try to improve. And and I think we have to understand too that f- for people who really care about people and people who work on the front line. I mean, there is. They care as well. They, they want to help, you know, and, and like any um, organization, we got people who are really, really good at the job. They got people who need a little bit of, uh, more training. There are people who need to improve on some of their skills. Yeah. But uh, first and foremost, we, we, we want to help people. Yeah. I, I want to help people, yeah. and I must ensure that the service is the same way, which I, which I got every faith, you know, that for the majority of the time it is. Yeah. um so I'm not starting from scratch there I've met some really really passionate people sure. um just in the three months I've been mm-hmm. here and they really really do care to the mm-hmm. point that um you know sometimes they are passionate over spells, and I have to let it yes. because they they are frustrated sometimes when we haven't got enough staff members but uh, but underneath that is because they really do care about yeah. the patient mm-hmm. and and so there's a lot of improvements to be made you know it it, it It didn't happen on my watch. It probably didn't happen on the previous watch, Mm -hmm. but it has happened. And we are, um, and my chief minister doesn't like me saying this, but we are where we are. (laughs) Um, And I'm not going to hold anybody to account for what's happened previously. sure. I want to start where we are right now, and I want to move forward with it.
0: Well, that's great. That's really great to hear. Um, So I think we're almost... We're almost getting to the end, Martin. Um, And then, of course, I really want to ask you about our Medivac situation, the medical service provider that is currently based in Pretoria, of course, Johannesburg. I know there's been some sort of island local concern about whether or not the MSO are really delivering the sort of patient care that is is required by St. Helena and because of our isolation and, and all of that kind of thing. So can you sort of give us any update at all on, on where we are with that?
1: So um, tell me, just, just at the outset, and this is in no way to try, um, you know, hide anything or push anything under, mm-hmm. but we are in a contractual agreement with MSO. So sure. um, I am limited on some of the things that I can say here. Uh, my personal opinion is, is with me um but i have to say that you know within the first three months i have been swamped with with issues that that have occurred and these are and i and i can't deny that you know um uh, dr uh counselor Essex. um mentioned in her German debate on the last go, right. and, and yes. she has had fast-hand experience. And, and I have spent some time talking to Dr. Essex on, on, on some of the things she experienced. Um, some of the things are, obviously, of a legal matter, and those are the things I can't talk about. Because yes. there, there are many issues um, that has been raised with me. So, uh, you will be... Um, it, it will be pleasing to know that, that the MSO is out for retender. Um, we are preparing papers for what we would like to um have um and we are looking at at alternatives as you do in any retender um, re, re um and that will will be presented very shortly um like i say i am but limited just sure. just just, well, just from from
0: what you've what you've sort of experiences and what you've heard and and clearly what the public are saying All of that, I will imagine, regardless to what the outcome is, will still feed into your negotiations. And and that that forms part of the review, Martin?
1: No, of of course it does. Of course it does. But what also forms part of the review is getting um, medical evacuations to the hospital as quick as possible. These are huge, you know. And of course, let's not forget finance. You know, we... we, um, we have to be able to finance all of these things, yeah. and and there should never be the case where um, with you your balance and health and finance. But unfortunately, that's the way the world runs, and and it's a very unfortunate thing. I'm very passionate about health, right? You know, so I would throw finance under the bus and go another star. But <laughs> um, the the reality is, I can't do that. No one can do that. I I have to acknowledge that that there are financial limitations, mm-hmm. but. Um, just so I get it out there, the the retender process is in action. Yeah. Um, MSO's contract will come to an end, I think, in June. Um, so we are in normal process now of, of actually looking at alternative venues and looking at better services, um, as you would do with any retender sure. process. And we have taken into consideration um, the pile of complaints mm-hmm. that we have. Cool. It will have to come into um.
0: As, as part of your discussion, yes, yeah.
1: without a doubt. Okay,
0: Martin, I know people, and, and and of course we live on the island. We know people um, will say. I mean, I I say it myself. Why should finance or money? always be the reason uh, or the main reason thrown out there as to why we can't have a level of service or a level of care or the resources on the island Um, because of course you know we talk about our isolation we have aging population so there's always that thing where people say but money shouldn't be a part of the issue Um, we should be able to Lobby the UK government and get more money, and say this is where you know our, our our biggest holes are. This is where we need the plugs. And that conversation again is a conversation that could go on forever. But you know, as a newly um, you know elected um, sort of councilor minister, just for the sake of the listening public, again because you guys are coming up for negotiations and discussions mm-hmm. at that level, we've got budgetary team uh, hopefully coming through. For people to understand what that actually means, because I think and I used to think that if we beg a little more, we'll get a little more money. How how does that work? And especially for you, because I think you're 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 heading up the portfolio with the greatest challenges. I mean, what 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 you know, annually, I think that most of the money goes to health, doesn't it? You know, so that's an even greater pressure on you this year. To, to, to try and you know and and get some more money but I think it's just getting the public to understand that whole process.
1: Uh, tell me, I you, you know, like I said earlier, I, I I wish money was no obstacle. I think if money was no obstacle, you wouldn't need me um, <laughs> to, to to be trying to do this role. Um, and I I do sit back when when we are comparing you know health versus money and everything else. But as I as I just said, it, it is the way of the world, yeah. globally, there's, there's no question about it. Um, and this is our fast um, time for budgets. for me, for budgets yes. and everything else. And so this time I will see the process. But I'm also quite keen on, on I, I do come from you know a business background. I, the, none of this um, stuff is new to me in terms of what I see on a balance sheet or on a, on a spreadsheet, um, but it is a real difficult one. It, it is, right now, we are actually, we need more money. You know, the, the cost of everything has gone, through the roof and i think that would have to be the lobby um you know whether yes. we call it bag or lobby and it's all the same <laughs> yeah. but what we really really um need to try push this there is you know every indication that we may not get any more money yeah. um we have to we again we have to you turn on our team we, we have yeah. to look at what's happening yeah. um on the rest of mm-hmm. the rest of the world um the, the uk government could easily turn around and say well you've got an airport you know get you know, you need to start looking at opening up and making some yeah. of your own money. Yes. Th- this is this is the reality of the conversation. I know we will have. Yes. So if we are going to hold out on one end, um, then we may not be we may not get anything on the next end. Yeah. But but it is a very real conversation. I I also um, sometimes there's a balance between. I'm thankful that we are being supported by the UK government, um, and you know there's quite a Few members in the community who will uh, agree with me, um, you know, business leaders, etc. That um, maybe Britain is treating us like a second child, or, or treating yes. us a bit a, a bit worse than they should. You know, maybe the Falkland engine does get much better services in terms of, um, well, from from the health standpoint, they yeah. they definitely do, sure. um, and we have to try to rebalance that mm-hmm. because we're in overseas territory just like they are. You know, so what's their importance? And I don't want to say it, but we all know, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, you know, this this a lot. And I'm I've been looking at even out of overseas territories, you know, and it seems to be there's like a few favorite children yes, and, and a few there's that is balance isn't. there for sure. Um yeah. and, and, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. that is that conversation that mm-hmm. needs to take place. Sure. And and I and I will you know, promise you well, I am gonna try my challenge. best and I will challenge it. <laughs> but um you know, the outcomes currently, in this current mm-hmm. situation, doesn't look promising. And I have to be honest about that as well. So I don't want to raise bills expectations mm-hmm. besides the fact that I'm going to give it a good go, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. that's where we are in terms of finance. But we definitely need the finance.
0: Sure. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we're almost to the end. Uh, Two things, really, Martin. Um, we talked about, you know, the, obviously we've talked a great deal about where the issues and the problems are uh, within the system, and you know, the the incentive to try and improve on on services, and and the, and 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 along the way, you've talked about the rollouts of work that are continuing to bring those efficiencies and to improve um, uh, things as we see them. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit, if we can, on the responsibility of St. Helenians ourselves. And we've seen a great deal of health promotion happen over the years in the schools. People start walking, start getting fit, start thinking about what they're eating. And I think, you know, you've shared this with me before, some of the alarming statistics on the health of our population. And this is as a side now to what we've just been talking. Can you can you give us a little more on that?
1: So, so tell me... Uh there are things, you know, for for me, um, the health of our population is is crucial, um, and even having this conversation with yourself and other people, I find uncomfortable because I'm having a, an uncomfortable conversation with a very large proportion of our population, and I will get all sorts of kickbacks for it, you know, sure. um, and I've already had them. So, but I'm not standing up here on my own and you know banging this drum because. I want to make a lot of noise. I'm doing it because I see it as a necessity. I, I, I said earlier that you know I'm doing a piece called Monster on the Horizon, and it's going to be a high impact piece, which which you know hopefully I can share with the media once yeah. uh, once it's done. Um, just to recap, Vince printed a piece before Christmas on on um, the state of the nation, which which um, Michel has commissioned, and which which will basically give us the basic blueprint of the state of our nation, mm-hmm. and you know. Basic data has started to come in, um, and you know I don't want to shear of it, but. With mm-hmm. anybody yet, yeah, because I want the whole piece. But 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 even looking at previous data and this data that com- mm-hmm. that is coming in, actually, you know, is likely there's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a thousand type uh, a thousand diabetics on same, you know? yeah. and we have a four thousand population, and we need to have all of that discussion around what is genetic. You know, type one diabetes is genetic, sure. but what is genetical, sure. What causes um, different things? Because there's a lot of misunderstanding yeah. out there, and it for, for me, um, health promotion and 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 just educating um, or or helping people to educate themselves is one side but understanding that we are dealing with complex habits you know I mean I'm the health minister and I smoke for very many years I've sat down read that cigarette box that says smoking seriously damages your health and still smoke the cigarette so habits obscure in my opinion how we think about stuff and I know it for myself I've got out of a few bad habits Um, I've also got myself into a few but never mind Um, there's and these are real discussion to, to have around. We we have a very sick population of people, yeah. and they're my people, they're your people, they're yeah. our people, yeah. Yeah. Okay. and and that's with a passionate is mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do this for a random selection of people. This, you know, I just want to make people aware of the road we're heading. Mm-hmm. We've got a aging population, mm-hmm. right, that is now starting to be riddled with all of these complex diseases, and the results of having, th- you know, um, sort of diabetes for 20 years and, and I, I don't want to be um harsh with this but this is just medical results all complex issues around um organ failures yes. and amputees and 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 everything else but that's there and i and i would just encourage people just to google it you know google what is the cause of type 2 diabetes google will tell you you don't need me to tell you you know um, so it's it's all there. but on this first of all Knowing what the issues are is one thing, but dealing with them is is so complex. Right. Because we all we were all, um, uh, how can I say? We were all entrench in our own beliefs. I have my belief, you have yours, and everything else. And you know, beliefs are strongly linked to habits. Exactly. And we have to sort of dismember all of that and have a good look at at where we need to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't want to get in people's faces and go, we need to do this, we need to do that. I want to help people make those, and small changes. You know, you don't have to make the changes I did. I I made huge changes, but but it took a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, But every little change will help. And just to end on that note, and just in case, you know, it's January and you're beasting yourself up the hill, you cannot. Exercise your way out of a poor diet. You, it is a combination.
0: <laughs> For sure, absolutely. You know, Martin, uh, very quickly, I um, want to add to that, um, and it's come through. I think this is this isn't new, is it? Where we and uh, globally, this it's around the world where we've looked at specifically. We've had a couple of people contribute as well to the newspapers about the levels of children. That are overweight, so childhood obese- obesity, which is not unique to St. Helena, it's around the world. But I think about this in a futuristic way. If we have a level or huge percentage of our population of children that are not learning good sort of eating habits or being active or overweight, then what kind of an adult population who are the future leaders of St Helena, who will be our administrators or teachers or doctors or police officers, then what kind of a, you know, sort of adult population are we going to have 20 or 30 years from now? And that's a really important thing to think about, because you mentioned the aging population, I think you mentioned something that looks like a stem of broccoli, you know, you've got this, you've got this mushroom sort of thing at the top, and then the stem at the bottom, the mushroom being the sort of explosion of issues that we now see as a result of lifestyle choices or poor eating habits a lack of exercise that whole thing but i also look at it from another perspective in that if we have an you know a generation of children that are not being taught good habits they grow up they become adults and then what sort of a you know sort of a future does saint helena have and again in addition what sort of pressures will that then put on the healthcare system 10, 20 years from now.
1: Well, well, Tammy, you've just given an introduction to my monster on the horizon. Is it? Yes, it is. It is an absolute introduction. Remember that our elderly, that is now in the CCC, etc., for over half their lives, they had brilliant diets. They ate off the land, they the, the fresh fish from the sea, um, organic meats. Um, yeah. We are now feeding our children with some some of these v- very poor, highly processed foods from a very early age they're not going to hang in there like our grandparents the issues are going to occur with them far younger and this is the monster and i may you know in the four years i here i really really hope i can improve our healthcare system but it will not stand up to what is coming we will need two hospitals and ten cccs It, it 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 is a real monster and i've seen it and and um it's a production that I know will happen if we don't start curving or start at least just moving towards mm-hmm. just some 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 better choices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a very delicate game. I'm I, I'm tr- I will have to try here. But but but, yeah. but this you can't you you cannot deny what the statistics are showing. Yeah. I mean, you know, that means one of four of us sitting in a room has mm-hmm. diabetes. You know, yeah. um, it's even worse with it's blood pressure. Crazy. It's crazy. It's yeah. and and these diseases. Are not one of the, they're not like sort of some uh, the aggressive forms of cancer. You know, we are, but by by in a few months' time, it's, it's really you and it's starting to, these things take 10, 20 years, but I have to look at the service we can provide in 10, 20 years, although I am only here for four. Um, I have to start looking at that strategic, yes. strategically. It's so important. Absolutely.
0: Mm. All right. Martin, thank you so much. And finally, I think we really want to end on a positive note, and that is, we have to say, a very big Thank you to all of those healthcare workers, our nurses and carers, the doctors, those people who are working behind the scenes, those people who cook the meals, the administration, those people who are doing the laundry that help to keep that wheel going. I think it's, you know, in these last final moments, you know, you as Minister for Health, is there something you'd like to say?
1: Well, Tammy, you just stole my thunder. (laughs) I really would. I would really love to to end with but that. Um, you know, there are people, like I said, there are really passionate people in the system. There are people in the system um, that, on occasions, you know, especially um, I, I seen with my own eyes over the festive period, you know, but just holding holding it together, and they have to know that in the background that there's some real work being done. Um, we are limited on, on what we can do. But we are trying. Uh, I most definitely, and I know my portfolio director and senior administrators. We are trying our utmost to to fill the gaps and and to to help with our healthcare system. We understand where we are. Um, we we can't deny that. Um, but just on, on on the final note, I, I would just like to say, you know, thank you very much. Thank you to every member of our healthcare team um, that is out there and, and performing um, your duties. And just. Hang in there and you know we will be there to support you.
0: Martin, thank you so much.